I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like incredibly chaotic Netflix dating shows. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. It's time to get into Love is Blind Season 4, Episodes 9 to 11. But before we do, we got a little housekeeping. Netflix, if you haven't heard, is doing their first ever live Love is Blind reunion streaming on the site. And so our release schedule needs to shift a little bit to account for this. So our finale recap is going to drop on the day of the release of the finale, Friday, April 14th. And then we are going to watch the reunion (laughs) Sunday night, April 16th, and release a recap of that reunion on the 18th or 19th, depending on how quickly we can edit it. We're still kind of noobs at editing, so we're doing our best. Thank you for bearing with us. It does mean that you get an extra episode, though, of Love is Blind content. So Think of it as an extra episode and not as one chopped into two halves. (laughs) Think of it that way. Also, I'm excited to see what the vibe is with the live reunion. Yeah. I'm curious how they're going to do that, if that's a thing that Netflix is going to lean into more. Also, who's going to heckle Nick? Oh, God. Hopefully everyone. (laughs) I'm honestly a bit worried about Nick's ability to keep a handle on the group. (laughs) So we're excited for that. But right now we're excited for episodes 9 to 11. These crucial mid-late Wild. (laughs) And they're wild. Yeah. A lot happens. A lot happens. These are traditionally the episodes where they do their bachelor bachelorette party. They try on their wedding outfits. Usually at least one couple completely falls apart. (laughs) And right on schedule, everything is falling apart. So let's dive in. Episode nine. We left off at Chelsea's birthday party where Jackie showed up late and then flirted with Josh while Marshall stewed in the opposite corner. And now they're heading home together because, yes, they still live together and they are an engaged couple, which I had sort of written off at this point. But no, they're still together. It seems like they're broken up and should be broken up. Yeah. Okay, I I guess we're delaying the inevitable. I mean, who amongst us in our 20s has not actually stayed with someone that it seemed like we had broken up with for many months? Marshall's processing what just went down. And voiceover, he's like, Jackie and I were designed for each other. Doesn't seem that way to me or probably anyone except for Marshall. Doesn't seem that way to Jackie. You were absolutely not designed for each other, my guy. Jackie's like, if I could have had someone designed for me, there would have been some pretty significant tweaks to the model. (laughs) So he's shocked that things are so shaky between them. He tries to initiate a postmortem of all the shit that's recently gone down with Jackie. She's not receptive. She's like, it's These almost midnight. Two, I want to go to bed. They just have such different communication styles. Yeah. Marshall is someone, and I relate to this, who in the moment he's feeling anxious. Some shit just went down and he's like, I need the relief of a conversation. I need to have some understanding. I actually disagree because he didn't want to do that the first time they fought. He's ready now. He's processed it. He's diving mm-hmm. back in. And she wanted to talk at the time and he left for three days. True. And now I guess she's I read no this as like it. he he wanted a postmortem on 
the Josh stuff. I don't think it's just the that Josh happened stuff. At the party. Because he's talking about, like, what do you require from me to move forward? And, like, the things that you said to me about what you wanted, that seems to be kind of the root of the issue that he wants to talk about. And that happened days ago. I see what you That's mean. True. Like, he is not receptive he doesn't feel like he can handle putting off this conversation. And I think yeah, I, do I relate guess, to that feeling. I guess that's what I mean is that that feeling. But you're right. He has also taken the time he needs. And I think this is also – this is an anxious person thing. And then also part of this is like a man thing, which is like, well, on my timeline is yeah. when this they, conversation should happen. They both want to do it on their timeline is the thing. Like she's like, I want to talk about it now. And he's like, no, I'm leaving. And she's like, how dare you? And now he's like, I want to talk about it now. And she's like, no. And he's like, how dare you? <laughs> like they both want it to happen exactly when they want it to happen. And that is just kind of human nature. But then when they don't want to talk about it at the same time, they don't have any they tools for negotiating Exactly. That. They have no way to navigate that or like, like Marshall does not take a step back and say, my partner has just told me she cannot do this right now. So I will let it lie and I will tell her we I'm going to wake up with you then early before you go to work. And like we need to have a conversation then. Right. Can't do it right now. Like, yeah, he, there's no other offered solutions. He's just like, OK, and then goes back into it. Yeah. He's like, I need to know what you require from me. And. If we don't do it now, you're going to leave before I'm up tomorrow. You'll be gone all day and I'll be left wondering until tomorrow night. And I can't do that. So, but, I think yeah, that's the part no, I related to. Yeah. No, I totally relate to that. And also, like, from the outside, when you see it unfold, you can see that there is a little unfairness there that yeah. he didn't want to talk when it was on her timeline. He felt then that it was very important that he get that break. Fair. But then when she can't talk about it right now that's unacceptable and there's no room for compromise so they end up in this back and forth he's like i really need to talk about this she's like i really need to sleep and jackie also seems to maybe not want to talk about it at all and maybe that's where part of his frustration is coming from because she's just like we're good like it's fine like we we made up i don't understand why we're still talking about this and he's like we're not good we're not we're very obviously not good he wants examples of what she needs from him. And she's like, well, I said what I needed from you and you left. So I don't want to say it again. And I understand the hesitation. But so is your solution to keep wanting those things from him and to pretend that you don't and to never say it again? It's clear that that's I not a sustainable situation. My suspicion is that Jackie knew that she was going to break up with Marshall at yeah. some point in the very near future. But she didn't want to do it she then. Didn't, she didn't want to do it then. She didn't want to deal with it. She was really fucking tired. Yeah. So instead, she's like, what I need to do is just appease him for this moment. Be like, we're yeah. good. Marshall, I think you're a great guy. I think you are so sweet. Just love me. Yeah. I think that he wants out of this conversation for her to be like, I don't really want that. What I want is you. And you're perfect. And I was just scared. And she's thinking, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say I want someone who's different from you. And we're at an impasse. And that's going to be a whole thing that I yeah. can't really emotionally handle right now. Yeah. I sleep. <laughs> so another relatable quality. Just, just stop stressing about this and love me until I decide it's time to break up with you. I think that's perfectly reasonable. They actually are just like this particularly toxic combination of like, He's, like, I think a really good dude, but also he has that nice guy complex. 
yes. where he has built an identity around what a nice guy he is and so he can kind of do no wrong in relationships and she should be grateful to him for everything he does for her and she doesn't want a nice guy at all no, she, is <laughs> she knows that she should she's just like high on the vibes of toxic masculinity yeah as so many women are socialized <sighs> to be like it's a mess. It just this is a mess. They're not not a good match and they're very young. Yeah. Let's talk about what Kwame and Chelsea are up to this episode. We start out with Kwame accompanying Chelsea shopping. It seems like they have a whole afternoon of just hanging out in this high-end store eating chocolate-covered strawberries while she tries on everything. And it's immediately clear that he is not in a good mood. And she like doesn't seem either doesn't pick up on this immediately or is just hoping to ignore it and he'll get over it. Yeah, the vibe is incredibly off. He's kind of rolling his eyes. He's being a little short with her. He's not being that friendly. And she seems completely oblivious. She's upbeat. She's being very flirty with him. She's making comments about how hot he must find her in the outfits. Like, all of the things that you might not do if you could tell your partner was not feeling that warmly towards you at the moment. And I can't tell if she's trying to, if she does sense the tension and is trying to fix it by being flirty and cute, or if she can't tell. <laughs> Either way, right. it is the wrong approach. But part of me is it afraid that she thinks it is the right approach. Bit. Yeah, it's very uncomfy. I'm starting to feel I really I like Chelsea and she is giving a lot in this relationship. In this episode, I really started to feel as though I started to feel how much she also expects. And that started to make me also feel a little suffocated. I was like, if I were in a relationship where I was constantly taking my partner shopping and waiting while they tried on outfits and doing all of the things that they have always dreamed of doing, and I'm just kind of a prop, I would probably be over it super fast. And that's how he is reading in this scene. And we learn that Chelsea, as she says, is a very direct person, mm-hmm. which often means that her criticism is sharp and immediate yeah. and deployed, deployed towards things that probably aren't appropriate to criticize like turns of phrase yeah if you're that that uses like direct sometimes you're gonna score a direct hit when you really didn't need to because you're just so right quick on the trigger that morning it seems this all started with when they woke up he thought she seemed a little off he asked if she was okay and she said do i look okay do i sound okay And he's like, it was pretty confrontational, and I don't know why. And, like, she's confrontational a lot. I just get the vibe, honestly, a lot of the time that Kwame doesn't like her very much. I know. Like, he'll say, like, he loves her personality, but I'm like, I actually don't often feel like he loves her personality. (laughs) And I can't tell if the show is overplaying the bad moments Definitely versus possible. the good ones. It's hard. It's always hard to say because the show also has like a vested interest in creating couples where their narrative is unclear, where it's we don't really know where they're headed towards the end, where they will have an element of surprise. But what we are seeing of Chelsea and Kwame, yeah, it literally just feels like he doesn't really like her. 
Yeah. A lot of the time. And that sucks to watch. It's shitty. And it gives me a lot of complicated feelings. It makes me feel really bad for Chelsea because she thinks she's in this perfect relationship with this man who really accepts her. And from the outside, it looks like he doesn't accept her and doesn't really like her very much a lot of the time. It also has started to make me feel kind of bad for for Kwame, which I never thought I would say because she does seem like kind of a lot to live with. Like she expects a lot from her partner and her personality is very forceful not just the good forceful stuff it's also like when she's displeased with you that's also very forceful and so it seems like a situation where you could easily end up walking on eggshells and being like my life is being Mm -hmm. consumed into this other person's i'm always doing the things that they want to do i'm always to avoid conflict or a response that is yeah. a little bit mean yeah she, and that can get exhausting she seems like someone who knows exactly what she wants and there's a good side to that there's also the side where she spent a lot of her adult life visualizing this perfect partnership and now she wants to enact all of those scenarios with Kwame regardless of whether those are what he wants to do with his time You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.